This is the Freedom Ring. All right. Happy Wednesday. What is it? May the 17th already? It would be the 18th. It's just flying by. Leave it the 18th. Don't blink, man. Another year will be gone. Uh, I'm Matt Toledo. That's Bill Spry. This is the Freedom Ring. Today on the show, Durham has entered the building. Absolutely. Yes. Center Um, stage. Another win for DeSantis. A new BLM bombshell we'll be talking about. Plus, Joe Biden spoke in public again yesterday. So, Oh, no. That has to lead uh, just itself to something fun. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, they put another live microphone in front of them? Yeah, I'm telling you, man. It's just comedy. It's endless. What's not comedic is the fact that he's sitting in the office he's sitting in. That's the sad part. Well, Come on, Trump. Don't let him do it anymore. He's just occupying the seat. We know what's what's really going on there. Um, so my sister-in-law works at a place uh, that, much like a lot of businesses, mandated the jab. And I'm uh, proud of her. Uh, she stood her ground, and she said no. Um, they were in town over the weekend. Down from Michigan, and we were sitting around the kitchen table, talking about talking about life in general. Um, but unlike my situation, when I said no, her employer did not force her to get an exemption. So she, in exchange, just kind of gets viewed at the workplace as the leper. And oddly enough, she, my sister-in-law, the the leper without the jab, is the one who isn't sick. Uh, she's constantly telling, or actually telling my wife, who tells me secondhand that she's got another coworker that's sick. Yeah, somebody else came down. Do they get the jab? All oh, the jab and seventeen hundred boosters, and uh, but yet your sister, who didn't get any of it, she's being treated and pushed and shunned aside like a leper because she didn't get the jab, and probably pretty too, pretty soon taking on most of the workload because everybody else will be out. She built up her immunity last year when she had COVID and hasn't been sick since. So uh, talking with her over the weekend had me thinking about standing your ground, all right, and staying true to your beliefs and not budging. And that led me to Proverbs 10, verse 25, uh, that says, When the storm has swept by, the wicked are gone, but the righteous stand firm forever. And when I when I read that and I think of the wicked, I'm I'm not viewing her coworkers as the wicked. Um, I just view her coworkers, and much like a lot of people listening right now, their coworkers are uninformed. Yeah. The the ones that I view as lick, uh, liquid, the ones that I <laughs> view as wicked, 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 <laughs> the ones I view as wicked are the ones pushing this liquid experiment into everyone's arms. And uh, onto those of us that know it's not right. Now we're talking about the Fauci's. We're talking about the Bill Gates, the Biden administration, the deep state, the the the, the far left, and, and, and far actually right too. We can't just limit it because there are those on the right that are pushing it as well. But this also applies not just to the whole COVID BS, but this also applies to different facets of our lives. Uh, this also applies to those around you influencing or attempting to influence you and in partake- partaking in drinking or even worse, drug use when you're the one that's trying to stay sober. Sometimes you just got to cut your ties and move on. If people aren't um, serving your best interest, and even though they're your lifelong friends, sometimes you just got to move on. You do. And sometimes you got to sever ties with your employer. It's a, it's a well, I'm living proof of that. Um, <laughs> yeah. It wasn't easy. Yeah, I couldn't even imagine. Yeah. Still sometimes on the verge of a nervous breakdown because of the past 30 years of my life being involved in a career that I loved and. Man, as soon as that, as soon as I was overcome with the presence of evil, if you want to come back to work, you'll inject this. I'm like, am I the only one? There was me and I think maybe one or two other uh, employees at our location that said no and walked. So you weren't the only one. There was, there was one other that I'm certain of. She worked in the front office. I was on air and in programming, 
and I believe there was one other that I'm, I'm not a hundred percent, but I know that she. Let me go for just he, she, and I walked. Did you, do you stay in touch with her? I reached out to her once, and uh, I mean, we were never really close because there was a lot of employees there. Yeah, um, we were never really close, but I just wanted to see, uh, wish her well, and uh, hey, if you need anything, I'm in the same boat as you are, you know. And um, heard back once, and really haven't chatted since, but. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to do, man. It's it's not easy. Whether it's a lifelong friend that you have to cut ties with because of you're trying to stay stay sober and they still want to party and get together and you just know that hey man, I can't really do this. I can't live life to my fullest potential and you know, still continue drinking or laying out lines on the weekend whatever you're doing, whatever it is. Change um, change is not easy though. It never is. When you first make that change, it's like a shock. A complete shock. But as time progresses, your new life becomes the habit yeah. or the you know what you're used to. And uh, it fades, man. It- I also found in Matthew 10, verse 22, you will be hated by everyone because of me, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. So uh, regardless of your situation, COVID, drug abuse, alcoholism, Whatever, whatever the case is in your life, this applies. So stand firm, stay with God, regardless of who says what. It's not going to be easy, but you just have to be comfortable with your own decision. Absolutely. And uh, I think my sister-in-law is kind of liking the current situation, so she kind of rubs it in their face going, hey, really? Yeah? Jab, 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 jab. No jab. <laughs> Healthy here. Yeah. Healthy. Woo-woo. Let's go jogging. Oh, you can't go jogging? Oh. Can't breathe with that thing on? Well. Gotcha. I'm proud of her for standing her ground. Yeah. And um, and that's the reason I brought it up, because uh, I know she listens to the show every day, and when we were sitting around the kitchen table, she's very emotional. She's probably crying that she inspired this conversation, <laughs> but... She's uh, she is a she's a good soul, and uh, it inspired me to look those look up those uh, those little passages there and mm-hmm. start the show with. So mm-hmm. hopefully that inspires somebody else because we are going global. Really, every time uh, we we look at our numbers, we've got new people listening in different states, new countries, all over the place. Um, God, we are, is, God is blessing us. We are now on Truth Social. Yeah. On another platform. I was surprised. I heard somewhere, I think it was in the last 24 hours, that Truth Social was now available on the web. And I'm like, really? Last time I checked, there was st- that was just a day or two ago. And uh, boom, we're on there today. So uh, you can find us at the Freedom Ring on, on Truth Social. All right, let's get into Joe Biden here. Traveled to Buffalo yesterday to address the community after a mass shooter killed 10 people in a Topps grocery store. Biden found time to visit Buffalo after a mass shooting committed by a white guy, but didn't have the time to visit Waukesha, Wisconsin, after a black supremacist killed six people and injured dozens. Were there, not enough died? Was that what it was? Not enough deaths? Oh, oh, that... I was a black supremacist, so that goes against what they're trying to push down society's throat, right? You know that that story that whenever I go out grocery store, wherever, if I'm out in society, I don't see the race problem that they're, no. <laughs> that they got mm. mainstream media forcing down our throats. Man. Maybe it's worth worse in other parts of the country, but here where we're at, it's, it's well, it definitely exists. It exists everywhere. Yeah, I mean, it's sick. But it's not to the extreme. They no. they really want it. No, they're bringing it back up again. Right. But they want it at a level that just creates havoc. Maybe that's where all the fertilizer went. They're fertilizing it with a... There's no <laughs> way we can have you vote out in public in November. Stay home so we can rig it because the streets just aren't safe. <laughs> It's the white supremacist. It sounds like a WWE <laughs> intro, man. When you're watching the news and they're talking about this crap, it's real bad in the blue states. Let's just put it that way. Hmm. Hmm. No coincidence there at all. Um. 
so yeah, what did he do? He took his, his he took his truck or his SUV, injured dozens, killed six, plowed through a Christmas parade with his SUV last winter. Biden didn't show up for that one. Biden ranted about white supremacists and then blamed the Republicans, even though the shooting was carried out by a leftist. <laughs> I'm surprised he didn't blurt out Putin here. That damn Putin, where is he? I know he did it. Well, the other thing, too, is... Uh, Gas prices are because of Putin, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. You My jock itch, Putin! <laughs> <laughs> Russia! Right! <laughs> okay, we get it. We know the line. We we know the story. Yeah, yeah. Jill and I, he says, quote, you, uh, we bring you this message from deep in our nation's soul. <laughs> what soul? <laughs> it died when you walked in the room, pal. <laughs> it's buried underneath the uh, underneath Washington, D.C. and all those tunnels where your kids are waiting. The soul from hell. Oh, they weren't supposed to know about that. <laughs> all the kids in the tunnels? Supposed to be kept secret. Uh, he said, uh, in America, evil will not win. I promise you. I'm great at keeping promises. Just ask all the college kids. I promise free tuition for during the debates. Hate will not prevail. Unless, of course, it's aimed at Americans who were born and raised here. Can't stand you bastards. <laughs> no, you can't have formula. And white supremacy will not have the last word. Unless, of course, you're a 78-year-old career politician who's been lying to black people his entire life. This, by the way, not a direct quote. <laughs> a little paraphrasing going on in there. Uh, at the end of his speech, he told a story about his grandparents, and um, he, he botched that one up, too. I'm not even going to try to translate it. But aren't you tired of these? Every time he gets in front of a live microphone, it's like, he's like my dad used to say. <laughs> Joey? And then some bull crap comes out of his mouth that you you know it never happened. We're on, or you know, uh, that Amtrak manager, you know, the, the captain of Amtrak. He said, "Hey, Joey, <laughs> you've been on uh, this train for seven million miles." <laughs> we found out the guy's been dead for thirty years, and he hasn't said half of what Joe claims. And that wasn't even his name, and he wasn't really as related to him. <laughs> well, no, he, uh, he he said uh, he started the phrase off with my grandpa used to say, and that's when my attention went off. And I was like, yeah, your grandpa used to say, what's wrong with that one? Yeah. Why is he got drool always hanging from his lower lip? And every time he's by grandma's china cabinet, China goes missing in the crystal. He's a klepto, the bastard. <laughs> Honey, did you find your diamond rings? <laughs> no. <laughs> Well, they they reappeared. They reappeared when Joey came over for the weekend. What's that little girl doing in the other room? Who is she? <laughs> He's always sniffing things. He's gonna grow up to be a weird son of a bitch. You know that? And he walks in and says, "Dad, I'm gonna be president. Yeah. You watch." Yeah. He says, and the dad says, "Only if you're installed." <laughs> yeah. Grandpa would look down and say, ain't no one going to vote for your ass. <laughs> and how come the couch smells like piss every time you stand up? <laughs> hey, can you leave this one in the car when you come over for Thanksgiving? <laughs> he ain't right. This one ain't right. <laughs> Is that what Grandpa used to say, Joe? Mom, did you hear what my grandpa said about me? Yeah, we've been thinking it since you were yeah, born. Yeah, you dumbass. <laughs> Get back in the basement. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just turn on the TV and shut up. Oh, Quit watching that politics crap. Uh, so, anyway... <laughs> Thank you for joining us today. Yeah, yeah good afternoon. Um, here's a kicker to that whole thing. Only 821 people... <laughs> only 821 people tune in to watch him... Well, try to complete full sentences. 821 people, the most popular president ever voted into office. Let me correct you. I'm sorry. It was 21. The other, way, the other 800 were bots. <laughs> They were bots. Playing with the numbers. Yeah, yeah. Wow. <laughs> so people online are commenting on the most popular president ever voted into office. 
Uh, this guy says, uh, this idiot is the most divisive lowlife to sit in the White House. He ignored the Waukesha massacre because it was committed by a black supremacist on whites. He ignored the Dallas shooting from last week because it was committed by a black supremacist on Asians. He ignored the California church, church shooting over the weekend because it was committed by a Chinese national on Taiwanese. He ignored the New York City subway shooting because it was done by a black supremacist targeting whites. Yet he emerges from his basement, goes to Buffalo to pander, Blame his political opponents, uh, opponents and ignite further hatred because the shooting was done by a white supremacist. You can't contest anything that was said. That's all true. Yeah, absolutely. Name another one of those those tragedies that he showed up to. He didn't. I mean, they're not even. They don't even know how to play their hand. Um. Somebody else uh, goes by the name Hey G. The most progressive thing about this asshat is his dementia. Oh, uh, speaking of stolen elections, uh, 2,000 Mules is going to play at 400 theaters starting this weekend. Oh, wow. Uh, 400. 400 theaters across the country. Dinesh D'Souza says, with the success of the movie, everyone talking about the movie, a lot of independent theaters began to call us saying, why don't we have this movie in the theater? Oh, wow. A lot of our people love to see... uh, A lot lot of our people love to see the movie in groups and want to see it in the theater. In fact, we've been bombarded with people trying to organize groups. That's another reality. That's amazing. That's another reality... um, Kind of another reality check on on mainstream media and the fact that it's crumbling right in front of your very eyes. The most sought-after movie right now, not a single TV interview to promote it, not a single TV commercial ad, zero, none. The tidal wave that is 2,000 Mules is so big, it's it, it's pushing its way into theaters on its own. Um, and it's prompted two states now for investigation. I forget which one. Was it Wisconsin? I think Wisconsin is there is expected to be the first one to decertify. And was it Missouri? I can't remember for sure which the, what other state it was. But there's two states now that, as a result of that movie, are taking Massachusetts? steps. Massachusetts? I don't think it's it may, Missouri. It may, have, it may have been Massachusetts. It is Wisconsin, though. That is, uh, <clears throat> yeah. they're, they're eyeballing that to be the first one to decertify. Yeah. And then after that, yeah. Trump gets back in. Yeah. Hurry up, please. Because there's no way, as an outsider looking in, there's no way that all these states are going to decertify and then we're going to be stuck with the guy we know. You can't do that. Mm -mm. In no other realm is that accepted. Yep. You know, if, if you find out at a high school baseball game that that team actually won, well, the win goes to them. Mm hmm. So get the bumbling fool out. Take take the cackling hen with him, <laughs> please. That can't speak to save her life. Yeah, she's a fool. I'm sorry, she's just a fool. All of them are, man. Yeah. Uh, individuals who protest outside private residences in the state of Florida now face a fine or prison time under a new bill signed by Ron DeSantis on Monday this week. That's sad that that even had to be signed into law. That should be common decency. You you would think. The bill known as HB 1571 was signed shortly after protests erupted outside the homes of Supreme Court justices in the wake of the leaked uh, majority draft opinion indicating that Roe versus Wade decision would be struck down. Sending unruly mobs to private residents like we have seen with angry crowds in front of homes of the Supreme Court justices is inappropriate, said DeSantis. This bill will provide protection to those living in residential communities, and I'm glad to sign it into law. Specifically, the newly signed bill will allow law enforcement officials to issue a warning to any individual found picketing or protesting outside of a dwelling with a specific intent. Individuals who do not disperse from the residence after the warning has been issued may be arrested. The bill also makes residential picketing punishable as a second-degree misdemeanor. Second-degree misdemeanors are punishable by up to 60 days in jail and or six months probation and a $500 fine. Isn't it already illegal, though? It is. Like across the board? 
it, it's it's illegal if you're protesting specifically somebody in the court system trying to influence influence their decision, uh, which is the case of the Supreme Court justices. But if they're just you know, protesting in some some in front of somebody's house. No, I don't believe it is. But so it is that's now. what he did. Oh, okay. yeah, that's okay. what he did. Yeah, it's great. It's a great thing. Uh, like you said, that's what it should be. We we need to respect people's home. Yeah, I mean, if I get a problem with the manager at our local grocery store, I'm not following him home, her home. You know, I mean. Where does common sense kick in? Common decency. The left doesn't know common decency. Oh, man, those gas prices are too high. I'm going to follow that clerk home and burn it down. And <laughs> What? <laughs> A, he doesn't have anything to do with the prices. And B, he doesn't have anything to do with the prices. <laughs> Leave him alone. Common de- decency, Just, the baby formula come on. shortages, burning up all the uh, the food processing plants. Is that common decency? Care for your fellow man? Anything coming from the extreme left, is any of it common decency? No, it's evil as hell. It is. That law, by the way, goes into effect on April the 1st. I'm sorry, October the 1st. Why? Why October? Why not, like, right now? I guess they have to codify it in ah, codify it into the law. That's and what's wrong. Put with it all in the, the books yeah, and blah blah blah. Move yeah. on. <laughs> <laughs> Even though it's DeSantis and I'm a fan, forget all that. This goes into play at now. <laughs> June, July, August, September, October. Five months. Right. So you got five, five months. months to create havoc. Yeah. No, come on. Let's just yeah. move it. Uh, New York City is becoming the laughing stock of the country again. Uh, because the left, uh, <laughs> they're more maintaining their laughing stock. They status. don't have a new fear <laughs> tactic that's working, so they're going back to the well that is COVID. Oh, please. The New York City Health Department has gone into high COVID nineteen alert level. Uh, this went into effect yesterday, and urged the public to return to wearing masks indoors. Who's gonna go on? Who's on board? Oh, oh again? Oh, okay. <laughs> What? Who's on board with this? We were talking on the FM show earlier. We found out it was BS, but apparently it's not again. We were talking on the FM show before this podcast about your daughter and you. You you spotted this lady in traffic yesterday. Uh, I'm driving down the road. I spot this idiot lady in the car by herself with a window down. And I didn't say anything. I was just, there's another one, thinking to myself. I see in my uh, my peripheral vision, I see my, my daughter. Talk. She's dwelling on it. She's it's doing like... that. She's going, did you see that lady? The thing was, it wasn't just a mask. It looked like a piece of drywall. It looked, that's, actually, that's the only way I can explain it. It, it looked like a piece of drywall. I'll in put the, this on. Nothing's in going In the shape this. of a mask. And it, I mean, it was like protruded from her. It wasn't just like this. It it had some girth to it, man. So she spent time on this thing, like a piece of uh, insulation or something like that. <laughs> that she, you think she took the, the drywall off part Maybe. of her bathroom wall? Or like <laughs> they were doing some demolition in the bathroom, and oh, well, I can use this. I'll put some string around this and tie it to my face, <laughs> honey. I've got an idea. This is going to be way healthier than fresh air. <laughs> Nothing's getting through this. And I'm so thankful my daughter, my kids both have common sense, looking at this going, what's going on with society, man? I'm thinking to myself, honey, and I've said this before, you've lived your entire life before this mess without having to worry about any of it. Yeah. Why are you, you? It's like you gave your brain over to someone's. I can't take my doubt anymore. Yeah, you do it. <laughs> and I'm just going to obey everything that you say and do. Don't you look in the mirror and go, What the hell am I thinking? <laughs> I'm going to go into society looking like this. You, she had to be. I mean, I, I couldn't tell by her entire face, but just by. She calls her governor and says, excuse me, what am I thinking? (laughs) You are thinking what we tell you to think. Um, I would say she was anywhere between 45 and 60, just based on the rest of what I could see of her. 
And that's a long time to be on planet Earth thinking, hopefully, for yourself. Long time to be watching mainstream media and be programmed. Right. It's uh, deep. You nailed it there. It's really deep. Yeah. Uh, so where were we at this guy? While masks are unhygienic and do nothing to block the transmission of aerosols like coronavirus, Health Commissioner Dr. <laughs> Ashwin Vassan is imploring New Yorkers to stay safe by wearing dirt rags across your faces again. He says, quote, regular home testing, which has been proven not to work. Hello? Who, who hasn't... Did mainstream media not touch that, too? That these, these, these home test kits, they're just useless? No, of course not. Uh, re, uh, regular home testing and wearing masks indoors, especially while cases rise, is the best way to keep yourself and your community safe. Uh, it's the same story. They're going right back to a year and a half, two years ago. I advise all New Yorkers to mask up indoors, especially if you're unvaccinated, have not had your booster, or in a high-risk category. All individuals, regardless of vaccination status or past COVID infection, should wear a mask at all times when indoors and in public settings, including at grocery stores, building lobbies, offices, stores, and other common or shared spaces where individuals may interact, such as restrooms, hallways, elevators, and meeting rooms. Translation. That whole line of BS that we just went through. What that is translating is not enough people died during the first rollout. And until Bill Gates finds something to... That's 10 times worse. We're going to go with this again. That's basically what that is. And he's having a little trouble because all the bio labs are missing in Ukraine. And it slowed things down. Oh, that evil Putin. Uh, No, not evil Putin. Turn the media off. Turn the TV off. Yep. And quickly, how about a nice round of applause for those in Missouri especially lawmakers in Missouri, they passed a a bill last week that would prevent state licensing boards from disciplining physicians who prescribe ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. Um, The bill also prohibits pharmacists from questioning the prescription and its effectiveness. According to this bill, quote, the act of lawfully dispensing, prescribing, administering, or otherwise distributing ivermectin tablets or hydroxychloroquine uh, sulfate tablets for a human use shall not be grounds for denial, suspension, revocation, or other disciplinary actions by the board. Um, I love that story. Yeah, stay out of my business. You do you, I'll do me. I'm a doctor. I have the right to prescribe something. No, actually, I'm a citizen is what I'm saying. Well, yeah, that too. Let Let me, I'll go about my day the way I go about my day. Yeah, stay out about stay out of my business. But I mean, a physician shouldn't have to worry about losing his license. Yeah, because he's trying to help a, a client right. who's sick. Right. Senator Rick Bratton, uh, a Harrisonville Republican from the state of Missouri, said, unfortunately, because of the politicization, politicization. Oh, here we go. Authoritarianism. <laughs> Authoritarianism. <laughs> there you go. Gosh. Because of the politicization. <laughs> what? That was right. Don't laugh at that. It just took me three times to get through it. That's all. Because of people politicizing. <laughs> and there'll be paybacks, I'm Those sure. two drugs. <laughs> there will be. Of uh, those two drugs. Doctors are being targeted. He said, I wanted to protect, uh, protect them from that. Elected Absolutely. officials who are doing yep. the right thing for the right people, for the right reasons. It's, uh, it's rare, but they're still out there. And uh, the ones I'm seeing have ours next to their names. Have you have you heard uh, about Project Veritas's latest project? They're undercover sting. It's it's pretty cool. This time uh, the target was Twitter. Ah, I think what they do is they get a, a hot looking girl uh, who contacts somebody within the organization, and they or makes it easy for them to contact her. Are you being sexist? Of course. No. But it's about a date. You know, take me out on a date, and then when when you do, I'm going to ask you a ton of questions on camera. And it's really cool. These guys are still falling for it. I mean, she must be really hot. Because <laughs> you know? she's hitting them all. Is this the uh, the audio that we have? 
No, well, I don't. This have, is a different story. Okay. I don't have audio because that chick's this, hot but... too. <laughs> Megan oh, Kelly. Oh yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, I thought that's who you're going to. And as soon as you <laughs> said hot, she's like the first one that came to my mind. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I can't believe you. I I'm a guy. I like attractive women. So, uh, you know, and and my wife knows it. You know, she's cool with it. So why don't you stay out of my business? Sorry. Unfortunately, God made us this way. Uh, so it is kind of normal, isn't it? It's kind of normal, yeah. Uh, anyway, after Musk's acquisition was announced on April the 25th to purchase Twitter, employees there warned of a mass exodus, with one employee at an all-hands meeting calling Musk a person with questionable ethics. Here we go. According to one site reliability engineer... Questionable ethics because he's going against us. He's yeah. calling us out. So I think he's got questionable There's something ethics. wrong with him. Arrest that man. Yeah, it's not the fact that you disagree. He's got questionable ethics. He must be put down. <laughs> By the way, check out the bumper sticker on the back of my car that says coexist. <laughs> yeah. I love human nature. Mm-hmm. According to one site, reliability engineer, it was physically cringy. Watching Elon talk about free speech. It was cringy. Why? Because it made sense to the rest of society? I I I don't understand this mentality. I just don't understand. Don't think too hard because there ain't nothing to make sense of, man. We're all going through the five stages of grief in cycles, and everyone's nerves are frazzled. When when was the last time you heard of someone using that word? Frazzled. A senior staff software engineer allegedly wrote on Twitter's internal Slack channel. Now, in undercover footage released by Project Veritas on Monday night, one of Twitter's senior engineers talks about the factors that led to the tech company's acquisition by Musk. The video shows a Twitter senior engineer saying several of his peers have expressed that this would be my last day if it happens referring to Musk's highly publicized intention to purchase Twitter. In addition, he says, Twitter employees are stress-eating and worried for our jobs. Stress-eating. Our jobs are at stake. We're all breaking out with psoriasis. It's not right. My hair is falling out. I haven't slept since last March. Son of a bitch. (laughs) He's one of those capitalists. And... We weren't really operating as capitalists. We're like like uh, very socialist. We're all like commie as F, is what he said. A concern about free speech is also being raised by employees regarding Musk, the probable new owner of Twitter, in response to a question about the difference between Twitter's and Musk's definition of free speech. This SR engineer gave no room for debate. Twitter does not believe in free speech. They hate it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. I'm at least, like, okay with it. This, Donald Trump never would have been taken down. This story was filled with the word like, and I, I deleted it all because I can't talk like that. It was like, oh, my God, like, I, 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 I'm at least, like, okay with it. Like, but some of, like, my colleagues, like, are super left, left, like, like, left, left, like, like, left. So, so you went ahead and did it anyway. <laughs> yeah, I deleted it yeah. so I could read I'd it. Bring it back. Make, a, <laughs> right, just, just make it really stand out. <laughs> can't stand it. can't stand it. But I'll say it like, all. Like, uh, anyway, Musk stated in March that he is a free speech absolutist. Twitter employees are resisting Musk's takeover with all their might. You can resist it. What's to resist? Either he owns it or he doesn't. What are you going to do about it? Right? We're going to stand in the middle of the street and cry. (laughs) We did all we could do to revolt against it. A lot of employees were revolting against it. But at the end of the day, the board of directors have the say. He went on to say that the board acted on their best interest because they didn't want to get sued. They're always looking out for themselves at the end of the day. Uh-huh. Twitter's office politics influenced this engineer's views, and he, he changed his own opinions as a result, stating that he started working at Twitter and he became left. I guess at, I would... I at gunpoint. Ha- I, I couldn't. I mean, I couldn't be influenced like that. I would have to quit. I, I couldn't live in that world. Mm-mm. He says, I think it's just like the environment, like you're there... And you become like 
this commie. Conservatives, he stated, were actively censored. Ideologically, it does not make sense because we're actually censoring the right and not the left. Uh, He also said that Twitter's operating procedures were incredibly loose. Essentially, everybody gets to do whatever they want. No one really cares about operating expenses like capitalists. They care about numbers or care about how to make the business more efficient, he revealed. But in Twitter, it's like mental health is everything. (laughs) If you are not feeling it, you can take a few days off. People have taken. When he months. says mental health is everything. It's like if you're nuts. That's the whole problem. If you're nuts, you're okay. <laughs> yeah. If you're sane, uh, you gotta go. You gotta Are go. you completing full thoughts? Because that wasn't part of the interview process. What are you talking about? Freedom of speech. You're fired. Right. <laughs> says uh, people have taken months off, but they will come back if and when Musk's buyout. What he's saying about Twitter is sadly what. I think a lot of people think of a lot of corporations in the sense that it's it doesn't really make sense about what they're doing. And, um, for instance, if a company is uh, uh, reporting financial gains at the end of the year, you find out, well, they didn't really do anything. They just took $300,000 from this department and put it over here and say, oh, see, we made $300,000 profit. Oh, no, and what you did is you fired six people that made fifty grand a year, <laughs> and that was the $300,000 profit. You know, being self-employed as long as I 50, have, eh, 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 yeah. you know, the problem with corporations is they, they're desensitized. The, the, the management, the people that run the place, because they're not in it. They're not running the place. They're sitting in a chair directing and counting that, their money. That's proven by that TV show, uh, Undercover Boss. Yeah, exactly. And they, you know, they go in disguise and they go into like the lower, lowest employer of the company <clears throat> and then they do their job and 90% of them are like, I can't believe how unplugged I've been. Well, that's, that's real. Well, I had a lawn service for 22 years. And uh, I didn't grow much because I couldn't imagine growing, hiring all these goons that work for you, the alcoholics or whatever, and then they quit, and now you got all this work to do and you can't get it done, and so then the quality goes down the tubes, you know. So you had to be you, plugged in, yeah, and you lose all the business. So I worked right alongside of them every day, and, and you earned their respect by doing it. Yeah, and, and, and I felt their pain, you know, when they were sitting there shoveling or doing whatever. I, I'm like, you know, i got to find a better way. There's got to be a better tool right. that I can get to make their job and their life a little bit easier. And mine, too, because I also was doing it. So when you're involved in the work every day, you feel their pain, and you're more sensitive to their needs. Unlike corporate radio, which I was in for 28 years. Take the injection, and, yeah. And you, not even that. I'm talking about when uh, you know corporate comes to town from Atlanta or whatever major city, and 90% of them in the, uh, 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 that are making you know north of $300,000 a year, yeah. they don't know squat about radio. That. They don't know the inner workings. They don't understand your target demo. They don't understand the lifestyle of of the listener. Um, you know when. Um, but they understand money. No, they understand the shell game that is money. Yeah, that's. If what they I mean, would just yeah. back the hell out of it and get corporate radio back into entertaining the audience, it might. I think it's late now. It's too it late. late. People are yeah. leaving and coming to these platforms now. Yeah. I mean, the, the, we know. We see the ratings are. People yeah. are losing interest. Yeah. When you when you uh, you've got one guy at the corporate level who's talking about oh you got to nurture local talent that would be like you know the local morning show the local midday chick uh, the the local afternoon host or show and then you find out that same guy just eliminated the budget and he's taking one chick that's based in a city and she's going to do or he whatever is going to do pre-record a show for 15 different cities, <laughs> putting 15 different people in the industry out of work, and then homogenizing the product. So when, when they yeah. hop on the air and say, oh, that was you know such and such band and uh, so and so, blah, 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 you're getting... I mean, just look at your favorite radio station from what it was 25, 30 years ago, 
is that same station the way is it the same is it still your favorite no because of people that i'm talking about you know and it's not even just radio it's it's television too i i I saw an interview with jerry seinfeld when he was uh he was discussing the the peak of seinfeld back in back in the 90s when that was just ruling television the uh the seinfeld sitcom and he was sitting down with larry david Coming up with the uh, coming up with the uh, the script and writing the comedy that made that show gold, yeah. And then here are the the television executives coming in wanting to influence this meeting. It's like, would you guys please? Would you guys please leave? That was the worst Jerry Seinfeld ever. I, I'm sorry, uh, but anyway, the point is, the people that are in charge don't know squat about the product. They don't. They are so disconnected from it. You know, and getting back to radio, the, the the same guy that's you know taking that budget and whacking, so you don't have the local person in every every city, is the one on the other side saying, "We have to nurture local talent." You're neutering the budget, man. And all the creativity was out the door when. If when you want to make money, you got to spend money. You do. And the you know when the corporations came in and bought up all the little independent operators, that's when everything went right. to hell because all that creativity from a thousand different people was just gone. Well, you can thank Bill Clinton for the Telecommunications Act of I think yeah. 1995 for that. And I always thought too about the like the classic formats, classic rock, classic country, et cetera, et cetera, classic hits. The PDs. And people, Program directors, yeah, that are that are in those can't talk radio lingo here, man. The PDs, uh, <laughs> but the 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 people that the management that's in charge, they're thirty, thirty five. I mean, they they don't even know what the music is. <laughs> right? How can they? They're manage looking it? at charts. That's it, and it doesn't go past that. Yeah. they don't have passion for the music. No, no, they don't even care about and, it. And what you're getting is the homogenization of what was once your favorite radio station or television station back in the day. But I say that to remind you, I do have a radio operation. It's classxradio.com. You can check out some good stuff. This is the studio we're in. This is the studio. And actually, Matt and I are on the air uh, about an hour earlier than this show. Just, nine, just nine to kind of warm up for what we do here. And it, we have fun. It's it's a lot of fun. It's It'll remind you of old-time radio. <laughs> it will. When but there it, was some we've also found it's pissing off some people on the left, man. <laughs> yep. I'm sure You it is. guys are saying too many things that are true. Just shut up and play the rock. Right. I want to hear Skinnerd again. <laughs> yeah. Freebird. No. No. Okay. Uh, at least half of Biden's 22.2 million Twitter followers Dude. are fake. Keep going down. It's, I think it's more than that. A new audit revealed. This, uh, this audit, by the way, was done... Um, by, by Jill? <laughs> <laughs> no, because it would be double that. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. Oh, it's higher. The, uh, the, uh, the audit was done by a software firm by the name of Spark Toro. Like Toro uh, lawn, lawn Care Products. And, and you know they're a bunch of liberals because that's all they hire. So they're not going to... I'm just saying, my gut tells me it's probably an inaccurate number. Right? SparkToro has defined fake followers as accounts that are unreachable and will not see the uh, will not see the account's tweets, either because they're spam bots, propaganda, etc., or because they're no longer active on Twitter. Elon Musk said early, uh, early on, that his uh, his forty four billion dollar deal to purchase Twitter could not go ahead until issues with fake accounts like these were resolved, and uh, he appeared to criticize Twitter CEO Parag Agrawal. Is that his name? Um, so again, was his approach just to call their bluff and expose Twitter um, as the left-leaning scam artist that they are? I think this whole thing was a plant, and uh, we were talking earlier. What do you think about, do you think that Trump and Elon were working together? I do believe one? so. And it was a exposure, and it was an exposure yeah. plan to show all the bots, and that it's fake. And and I feel like what's going to happen to Twitter is it's going to implode because there's going to be a ton of lawsuits from the advertisers when they find out that these user numbers yeah. are nowhere near right what they were told by advertising with us. And 69 billion people around the world are gonna are gonna be 
exposed to your product. Really, you only have 12,000 <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, yeah. I, I got a feeling there's going to be a bunch of lawsuits in their future, and it's going to be fun to watch. And since we're on uh, Elon, or Elon, he slammed Joe Biden in an interview saying that uh, it's hard to tell what Biden's doing, to be frank. If someone were to accidentally lean on a teleprompter, it would be like the scene from Anchorman. Um, somebody said online his name is TJ Hawk oh T and J Hawk I'm like Musk I'm liking Musk more and more every day somebody else that's a huge uh, Godfather fan All right, calls himself Virgil Solozzo he says ditto and just imagine how refreshing it's going to be or it would be if at least a few more office holding Republicans would say out loud what Musk said and what everyone knows to be an undeniable fact. There's never been a more fitting example than Biden of why the 25th Amendment exists. So why in the hell is the GOP afraid to bring up the obvious? My man. Yes. Well, there's a BLM bombshell. New released tax filings revealed how... Black Lives Matter co-founder Patrice Kohler's... Is this the one that uh, Candace Owens tried getting out of the house a couple days ago just to talk? Same woman. Same woman. Same lady? All right. Yeah, she's the co-founder, I guess they call her. Has she she stopped crying? She's able to conduct herself now? Well, she's probably in fear now because of this story, the tax tax filings. Um, They used charity funds to pay her friends and family. No! Large sums for various consulting services as well as... I'm not sitting through this again. Chartering a private flight. The documents reveal that BLM paid a company owned by Damon Turner, the father of the... the Have you not seen how much good they're doing for the black community? Oh, yeah. I mean... They're scamming them, too. Cities, you know, Detroit, downtown Detroit used to look like Baghdad. It looks like... Baghdad still. Did you see through BLM from day one? Or am I the only one? I didn't... I wasn't expecting all this. None of it surprises me. I knew it was a fraud from the get-go. Look, all you have to do is look at the name and think. Black Lives Matter. How can we get to them? Let's create a name that's so powerful that they just can't deny and they'll fall for it. Yeah, I like that. Black Lives Matter. Basically, tug at their yeah, heartstrings heart first strings. and then their pocketbook. Exactly. And uh, get away with everything that they've gotten away with. Right? And so where do you stand if you're, you're, if you're a black person and you donated? And then you find out. All of a sudden, they're in $6 million mansions. And they... Oh, somebody's about to tell us? <laughs> yeah, Is that me... Candace? Candace, we're on the air, honey. Come on, baby. We'll call, we'll call you. Honey, can you call me back later, baby? <laughs> she is a cutie. She's a she's a little little fighter. Yeah. Uh, I, I I do like Candace. Um, so the documents reveal that BLM paid a company owned by Damon Turner, the father of the caller's child. Paid him nearly $970,000 to help produce live events and provide other creative services. A million bucks. Wow. And I think of all the work I've done, I've been massively underpaid. Mm -hmm. The co-founder's brother, Paul Kohlers, received more than eight hundred and forty dollars for providing security services to the foundation. So it's a money laundering scheme. It is. Uh, it's a get-rich-quick thing for the yeah. for the family. Leaders have attempted to justify the expense by saying the foundation's protection could not be entrusted to former police professionals who typically run security firms because the, the uh, BLM movement is known for venomously... Ah-ha! Ah! Paybacks! Bastard! <laughs> yeah! Stumble to that one! <laughs> venomously protesting law enforcement organizations... A consulting firm run by Shalamaya Bowers, who is BLM's board secretary and has previously served as deputy executive director, was paid more than $2.1 million 
for providing the organization with operational support, including staffing, fundraising, and other key services. $2.1 million? I mean, what? Do you not understand what's involved? I mean, come on, Bill. Callers resigned from BLM. Oh, yeah, I better get out now before I, I get caught. Callers resigned from BLM last year amid a wave of scrutiny surrounding the charity's finances. She has repeatedly denied claims that she took money from BLM for personal matters and has reiterated that all of the purchases and transactions, including a lavish $6 million home in L.A. Yeah, nothing. Nothing to see here. (laughs) Dubbed Studio City were legitimate. Yeah, a $6 million home. Oh, yeah, that's legit. I didn't take nothing for myself. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You take this off my porch. (laughs) My face. I didn't have a place to work. We're not safe. In the latest 990 filing, Black Lives Matter Global Network Foundation revealed that it ended the last physical year from July 1st, 2020 to June 30th, 2021. With nearly $42 million in net assets, wow. the foundation had an operating budget of only $4 million a year, according to a board member. Nearly $6 million was spent on the Studio City property, which includes a home with six bedrooms and bathrooms, a swimming pool. I've seen pictures. It's gorgeous. A soundstage and office space. Sounds like Neverland Ranch, man. Yeah. It was intended, Where are the zoo animals? It was intended as a campus for a black artist fellowship. And is currently used for that purpose, the board member said. The foundation invested the rest of the $32 million in stocks from the $90 million it received as donations amid racial justice protests in oh, 2020. Oh. You know, as you described that. Unbelievable. You could take out BLM and put in Clinton Foundation and no one would know the difference. You're you right. You just basically described the Clinton Foundation. You're right, yeah. Scumbags. Uh, prosecutors revealed that Sussman gave uh, James Baker. Uh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait. 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 Yeah. 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 Prosecutors revealed that Sussman gave uh, James Baker two thumb drives. the uh, The drives were handed to Agent Scott Hellman. We're of course talking about uh, the Durham investigation, which uh, got underway yesterday. The drives were handed to Agent Scott Hellman, who looked at the at the uh, material and said. We do not agree with the conclusion about any connection between the Trump organization and Russia. He said, whoever wrote that jumped to conclusions that were not supported in the data. And uh, this whole Durham investigation, could it or could it not bring down the entire Democratic Party? Oh, wouldn't that be great? We got some audio uh, because uh, David Nunes was saying the same thing recently. We'll go ahead Play that for you real quick. So what's happening here is that they got Sussman on something that really puts pits him against the dirty cops at DOJ and FBI. So what happened, this remember when Sussman walks in, this is after the election when a cabal of them decide this is after when I say after the election, <laughs> we gotta go back. Yeah. After the election of 2016, Donald Trump wins. Uh, we had our normal briefing that would be an after an election at the House Intelligence Committee and Everything was normal. And in fact, that was the real intelligence. I still go back to that. So three weeks after the election, yeah, Putin's a thug. Putin did bad things. Putin does the things he always does. But it was nothing, you know, no like huge ordeal where he's working with Donald Trump and the Republicans. There was there was no evidence there. And at the time, and that just went away. So there was no no issue. And then about 10 days later, all of a sudden, around the 1st of December 2016, this whole thing gets blown up again and say, oh, no, no, there's evidence of this. And I said, well, wait a second. You just told us there was not any evidence, right? Like, mm-hmm. how did this change? And of course, you know, they would say nothing, nothing, nothing. Oh, we're going to do a report, right? Obama commissioned a report. Obama and Biden commissioned a report. This thing was done in a matter of a month, right? So it gets commissioned first part of December, and it's done right at the beginning of January when uh, the new Congress gets sworn in. And then we go to a briefing and they call us all together, a gang of eight. Oh my God, this is really important. And nothing. Comey's there. All these guys are there. Nothing. Zero. I'm like, well, where, you know, I didn't say it like this, but where the hell are the Russians? Like, what are you guys talking about here? Oh, well, 
Let me just show you, we've got this, what ended up being the steel dossier. So the steel dossier gets, gets thrown out there. And I'm like, what the hell is this? Where has this been? Oh, we've had it. It's been floating around. Well, wait, you never gave it to me. Well, the reason they would never give it to somebody like me or anybody else that's ever actually read an intelligence report is it's laughable. And it would have taken any idiot, anybody has any background in this, a nanosecond to figure out that, th that it was all fake. But because the news media was in on it, DOJ was in on it, FBI was in on it, all these people were in on this. So what Durham's doing is he's taking a very specific slice of, of the entire saga. So what happens is, is Sussman and whoever instructed him to, to do this gets a little overzealous and decides that they really need this to stick. And one of their latest conspiracy theories was the Alpha Bank conspiracy theory, which was there had been all kinds of garbage that, that dates back that all fake, all phony, you know, just a, a complete uh, and total kind of a, a, a horrible Hollywood script, actually. And then Sussman and they concoct this thing of, oh, my God, there's Russian banks that are that are pinging with the Donald Trump servers, while at the same time, they're so desperate, they get this this tech company that appears to have government contracts they actually do go and get and spy on trump tower trump apartments ultimately the white house when trump was sworn in um and then of course sussman went to the fbi lied about it went to cia and other intelligence agencies lied about it and that's what durham was able to actually get him on specifically He's already indicted Danchenko, which will be the next which will be the next trial. So I believe what Durham is is essentially doing here is it's really going to put Sussman, who's you know top one of the top lawyers on the Clinton campaign. Does he and will he take the fall for the Clinton campaign and the DNC? I think that's what we're going to witness here. You know, we're going to see. My guess is that Sussman is is probably betting. Well, he has kind of two ways to go. He can bet his life on a D.C. jury, which is probably going to be favorable to him. Right. Maybe he'll maybe he'll get off. We've seen what mm -hmm. they've done to to others. Um, or he would have to give up the goods on all of these cast of characters, which would take down the entire DNC, the Clinton campaign, possibly even Obama and Biden himself um, and these dirty cops at DOJ, because we know there were top level people at DOJ and FBI that clearly were involved in this. Um and so I, I think Sussman has probably had to weigh that. What's the, you know, you know what, what are his best chances? Um, and I guess right now he thinks his best chances with the D.C. jury, because clearly they were all in on it. It was a conspiracy. Durham knows it. There's plenty of circumstantial evidence that we were that we uncovered with our 14 criminal referrals that we made. Durham just has so much more now. And it'll be interesting if he does. Uh, he's got some cooperating witnesses. So for those of us who have been, our lives really were upended by this whole fiasco. And, and, and it's not just me, but it's people that I worked with. It's, you know, think of the people like a Carter Page, whose life was ruined, General Flynn, whose life was ruined, uh, Donald Trump, who had to spend basically his whole presidency defending himself that he wasn't a Russian agent. So, so much damage has been done to all of these institutions. Um, but here in the next couple of weeks, there's going to be some interesting witnesses, including someone who a couple that have immunity uh, from both Fusion GPS, which was hired to put all this together. Uh, and then from this tech company that was doing the spying, uh, someone's been given immunity there, I believe. So that's going to be fast, fascinating testimony. Um, it's going to make um, going to be get a lot of people excited at Truth Social, uh, our new social media company. People are going crazy right now because it's the first Durham sighting. <laughs> I saw the video, too, because a lot of people were questioning whether Durham was even real because nobody's seeing him. Yeah. You know, and, and when he walked into the building, boy, there was video all over the place and people were like chanting, you know, uh, you know, cheering him on because he, he's real. But but forget that meaningless court case. Uh, let's talk about Johnny Depp. <laughs> yeah, right. Are you seeing why this is being force fed to you, ladies and gentlemen? Yeah, this how do you think this plays out, man? Uh, does he does he uh, does he accept a deal and then all of a sudden start singing? D no, dies in a jail cell oh. while another surveillance camera is certain uh, doesn't operate in that fifteen minute window. I mean, let's predict everything right now. The the, the camera will be out of function or uh, malfunctioned. He'll die in a jail cell 
because you know the thing is is if it plays out that way what else is there to contest about the Clintons I personally feel like Durham is too smart for this um I think what's I, think I mean they're going down no matter what I think he already sang you think so I think he already sang then he and dies in a cell I don't think he lives very much longer Sussman I mean it's so cryptic it's so cryptic actually works it's uh, cryptic it's corrupt it's everything negative it's evil it's got Clinton written all over it um, obviously yeah. duh um, does what, what do you think is going to happen in two weeks well I I think that he sang there's so much attached to this there's so much but I don't think the singing is going to be revealed yet Durham knows what he knows. They're going to go through with the trial. Trump knows what he knows, too. Yeah. And when they come out of this... And it sounded like Elon does, too. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, screw you! (laughs) And perhaps Zelensky knows it, too. Oh, he knows a big he, chunk of it. He right? knows all of it. Yeah. And the only one that doesn't is Joe. People online are commenting. Uh, somebody by the name of Just the Facts, ma'am. Prison is too good for these traitors. It is. Somebody else says the jury is comprised of members of Hillary's staff. Transcript will read, I don't recall. I plead the fifth. That's not something that's in my notes. Probably pretty accurate there. Stan says, and the choices are jail time, firing squad, televised hanging. A, B, or C. Jail time, firing squad, televised hang. I'm I'm for B and C. I want all three. <laughs> I don't want jail time. I want my tax. They've they've taken enough of my tax dollars. No, I'm saying I'm saying uh, after after he's gone, put him in prison <laughs> for. For a while, anyway. It's an Obama judge. Nothing's going to happen. Waste of time, somebody else chimed yeah. in. Yeah. There's that, there's that chance, too, man. I don't like the fact that the judge is attached to Obama. Yeah. And isn't there another attached, another conflict of interest? Some, like somebody related to the judge is yeah. married to, to somebody. one I of the lawyers? It's, I can't remember what the connection I, is. We got to start over. Yeah. For this to be legit, the Obama judge needs to be out. So I don't like this right out of the gate. But let's assume and pray that if uh, the judge does his job... And the jury could be compromised, too, at some point. Oh, you know the Clinton do, have attempted that. Do you Now, how does the jury work? Do they all have to vote the same way, 100%? Or is it... I think it's a, probably 100%, isn't it? I don't know enough about the. I'm not crooked enough to know about the legal system. <laughs> I think, I think it probably is. Uh, seems to always be the case. Where's the military? Q continues to talk about. I think they're coming. I think it's coming. They're on standby. Probably. I think it might be sooner than we assumed. And that's of course me. Uh, well, you with know, my fingers crossed. With Clarence Thomas saying that the uh, SCOTUS has been compromised, basically, that in so many words, are they creating the the line now, the storyline, so that uh, when the military comes, everybody can figure it out on their own? Well, obviously, the SCOTUS is compromised, so the military would be the last step. And and maybe accept it. You and I would accept it. I'm not sure if people that are still unplugged. Well, but are the liberals, the liberals will accept it too because they they think they're compromised because they voted uh, Roe versus Wade down. So they'll be on board with that logic, right? Yeah, I guess. The whole thing is Did you pretty... just say liberal and logic in the same sentence? I'm sorry. Damn it. <laughs> it's the sign the show needs to end. <laughs> oh, uh, really quick as we leave. Uh, Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee tested positive. <laughs> oh, gosh. For COVID. Let me see. Is she Democrat? Oh, uh, why would you assume that, Bill? <laughs>
Uh, her official Twitter account noted yesterday she is fully vaccinated and received all of her boosters. So how much money do you think they're paying each individual that claims they have COVID? A million bucks, yeah, probably. They get their own weekend on the island. <laughs> yeah. It's all connected. All so, expense paid Much like to- Barack, Hillary, Bill Gates, Kamala, and every other Democrat that continues to push the biggest lie in the world, the multiple jabs of... COVID-19 did zero to immunize the Texas Democrat. There's your answer, Democrat, from contracting the virus, nor did it stop her from urging the public to get more shots. Where does the story stop? Who knows? Have a great rest of your day. Thanks for checking us out. Uh, Any platform that you could possibly fathom, you get them all at freedomringshow.com. While you're there, if you find it in your heart, please donate to the show. Uh, Thank you again to Jeff. And that's going to do it for today. And we are on True Social. I said that earlier. I just got in there today. So check us out. This is the Freedom Ring. I'm Matt. That's Bill. Have a great rest of your day. Be good to each other. Later. Later.